Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Dafya Tess in Maseches Ksubis. Let's start, shall we? Six lines up from the bottom of Yerchesam and Bez. I don't know where to start, man. The Mishnah starts towards the top of Yerchesam and Bez, and it discusses another case of Peh She'asar Hua Peh What is that case? Well, first of all, what's the concept? Peh She'asar Hua Peh means that when one testifies, they get credibility by virtue of the fact that they're now volunteering information. This had to do with Suba as well, right? As we said, just to refresh our memories, right? If a woman, right, if a, is found not to be a basula, she could have said, right, anything. Well, that's not Pesha Asar Pesha Hitir because we used a case of where somebody notifies Barry that his father had a field. In other words, if you find uh, that a woman, if one finds that his wife uh, is a, is, right, the kala is not a basula, that is shor shachut lefanecha. That's not peshe asr peshe hitir, because there already there is a circumstance that you have to explain, and therefore it is not an explanation, but an excuse, because we already know the circumstance. Good morning, boys. I'm just warming Andrew up for you guys. But if, oh, Barry, we, we use you as an example because we missed you so much. If somebody comes and says to Barry, Barry, your family left a field. Oh, and by the way, they sold it to me. Barry knows that he has assets, but he was unaware of this Nussbaum asset. And therefore, by virtue of the fact that this person could have laid low and not told you about the field in the first place, when he tells you that, he, that it was sold to him, that he bought it, he is believed his credibility is right something that is beyond reproach because he, after all, was the source of the information. That's called a pesha asar huha pesha hitir, and therefore it is a unique case of credibility. We also talked about how that's related to migo. Migo is when you have when you could have made a claim that was stronger, and therefore your credibility is heightened. But as we saw already last week, pesha asar is even a higher degree of credibility because we would literally have no knowledge of this information if you didn't volunteer it and therefore you are afforded that extra level of credibility where we believe pretty much anything you say but what about the following case the case of the mishnah on yudchesim at base where witnesses authenticate a star by saying that yes we were the witnesses okay so that is an authentication but they there but then they say no they were coerced or otherwise not qualified to be the witnesses. So is that Pesha Asar, Pesha Hitir? Well, if it was, it's an unusual uh, uh, application of that case. What ends up happening is they destroy the star, right? In other words, they verify that they're the Edim. So this is almost, uh, right, another version of the same idea, but used with star. As we'll see, not everybody's gonna agree with star. So again, it's a, there's a document. The document, as we know, is corroborated by witnesses. Okay. There's three different ways to corroborate the witnesses, right? Somebody else could say those are the witnesses. The witnesses themselves could say, yes, this is our signature. Okay. Yeah. So let's take a case where the witnesses are going to verify this document and say, yes, this is our signature. But they add, in addition to that, the information that they were not qualified to sign for some reason or another. So are you going to say that well, we're relying on them to, uh, to tell you that this is a valid signature, and therefore, once they volunteer that information, they also have the authority to tell us that there is something wrong with them, 
and therefore we're going to disqualify the star. Do you say that? And by the way, if you're going to carry the analogy, we had already said in the other case of Pesha Asar, if the individual if showed up and said, by the way, Barry, I have your family in Nussbaum Field that you never knew about before. We already said that he would be believed unless we had other Adim already telling us about the existence of this Nussbaum Field, in which case he loses his Pesha Asar, right? He loses his credibility only because he is no longer the source of our information. And therefore, we're not going to believe him to say that he, that he bought it. So similarly here, if you have somebody else who told you, well, these were, uh, somebody else who told you that these were the Adim, right? So then you no longer need these Adim to tell you that they were the ones that are written on the star. And then they lose their credibility when they say that they were disqualified Adim. We'll see that in the Gemara as well. Uh, Ya'in Adam Mesim Atmo Russia. Barry wants to know, is that going to uh, is that going to appear here? As a matter of fact, it will, Barry. It'll appear in the Gemara. The the case in the Mishnah, just to say it outside, since you mentioned it, is where they say Anusimainu Kitari Mainu Pasula Edasainu. Where they say three different kinds of disqualifications. One would be we signed it but we were coerced, okay? Uh, another would be that we signed it, but we were disqualified in one of two ways. Either we were katanim, or we were, or we were pasoleidus. Now, that third case applies to what Barry's saying. In other words, are they allowed to give a testimony to say that we're pasoleidus? There is a concept that we say, ain adam mesim atzma rasha, a person is not allowed to self-incriminate. That's one of the legal laws. You, you don't come and step forward and self-incriminate. It has to come from somebody else. That, so therefore, the Gemara is going to ask, how, why do we believe them to say that they're pasolaidus? That's not something we typically do believe. And, and the other aspect that I thought you were going to ask was, um, and this we'll see as a machlokas, a shtar. Uh, Edom on a shtar, do they have to be verified or does the shtar speak for itself? There are those who believe that uh, once you have a shtar, that that's beyond reproach and it is self-authenticated, so to speak. But we will see. Okay, so now, the, that's where we start right away with Tanur Rabbanon. Our Mishnah again says that they're Naaman to, uh, to make the eight puzzle, right? In other words, that the Adim are Naaman to make the Shtar puzzle. Our Mishnah says that once they authenticate themselves and then they say that they were in one way or another disqualified, then the Shtar becomes disqualified. But says the Gemara, Tanur Rabbanon, six lines up from the bottom of Chesam and Beis, Eid Naaman on the puzzle, Rameyer disagrees with this. He says that in this case of our Mishnah, where they self-authenticated uh, themselves as Adim and then said that they were puzzled one way or the other, we do not believe them. So that means that our Mishnah is reflecting the view of the Chachamim. So right away, uh, the Gemara is going to say, In other words, we understand our Mishnah. The reason why the Adim are believed to say that they were disqualified is because they were the source of the Right of their own authentication as Adim, and therefore, without them, we wouldn't know that the Adim were verified. And since they're the source of that, we employ the the concept that we said already last week, a pesha aser as we described, to say that they are that to disqualify themselves. El Mayor, my time up. But Rabbi Mayor, what's his reason that he doesn't allow them to disqualify themselves? So the Gemara says like this. I can understand when they say we were unfit, right, to sign when we signed. Why? Because 
Because in that case, we would assume, let's say this is a case of a lender and a borrower. Uh, Andrew, you're going to borrow money for me in this case, okay? So I'm going. So if I ha- if I give Andrew uh, a star, right? So I myself am going to investigate, and I'm going to have my own witnesses sign the document. Meaning, right? They are not going. I would never give Andrew a document, right? Or Andrew, I would make sure whatever document Andrew has or I have rather that says that Andrew owes me money. As the lender, I'm going to make sure that when I have a document that says Andrew owes me money, that the witnesses are going to be verifiable. Okay? Okay. So that makes sense with Pasule Eidos. I'm going to make sure that they're not Pasule Eidos. And I'm going to make sure that they're not Ketanim. Right? Ketanim Nami. Kedar Shem Ben Lakish. Dama Reish Lakish. As we finally arrive at Testament Alf. Chazaka Eina Eidim Chosmim Al Hashtar Ela Imke Nasib Agadol. Right? We assume. Right? That Adim are not puzzle and that Adim are are not Ketanim, right? Because after all, again, I'm producing a star that says Andrew owes me money. Why it, would I ever get right substandard Adim to sign on this? There's no reason why I would do that, and therefore the Adim themselves are not believed to say that they were a substandard because there's a we'll call it a chazaka. Obviously, way more alumnus under here than. Then, then meets the eye, but we'll call it a chazaka that I, as the one who's holding a star that says that Andrew owes me money, would never, you know, go through this transaction unless I had real aid. Ela anus in my taima. But when they say they they were coerced, why are they not believed? That I could do. In other words, when I when I produce a star that says Andrew owes me money, I may co- I may have coerced Barry and and, and David to sign it. On my behalf, that could happen. So that could be. And therefore, uh, and that wouldn't disqualify it per se. In other words, it would disqualify it, but you would never see it in the star. So says the Gemara, if that's the case, why would the Adim not be believed to say that they were coerced? Because after all, that is something that I would not be motivated necessarily to avoid. So the Gemara says, An unbelievable idea. The reason why Rabbi Meir, right, is not going to give them a Pesha Asar, the Pesha Hitir, is because Adim would never do this, right? Because it's like Yarg Val Yavar, which is wild. The Gemara is going to ask, how is it Yarg Val Yavar? But I'll read the words inside first, literally. When Adim Sha'amulahim Chismu Shekhar Val Taragu, Adim, witnesses to them to whom it was said, write this falsely, and otherwise I will kill you, they should allow themselves to be killed. And not write this falsely. It sounds like it's a Yaharig Val Yavor. That's wild. Rashi then says, as a consequence of that, we don't believe them when they said that they were Ede Sheker. Watch this. The thir- uh, third line over here in Rashi, Hilchach. Therefore, since it, they're not allowed to sign on a star, right, even at penalty of death, Hilchach ki Amre Nami. Even when they say that that's what they did, right? When they say that they were coerced, even at gunpoint, this is what Barry said. In other words, the reason why we don't believe them when they say that they were Katanim or they say that they were, right, Pesulim is because I would have no, as the lender, I would have no motivation to get such Azim. The reason why. 
that, so that's one category. The reason why they're not believed to say that we signed this document by, right, uh, by, at gunpoint is because if there really was at gunpoint, then they weren't allowed to sign it. And to testify that you signed it at gunpoint is a, an example of incriminating yourself, of self-incrimination. As we say, ain't other Mason Matzma Russia. They are not allowed to self-incriminate by saying that you signed the document under coercion is in fact self-incrimination and self-incrimination, we don't believe you in court. And therefore, once you hold of this concept of Rabbi Mayer, then there is no case. There, any, none of the three cases of the Mishnah are cases where we allow the Adem to self-incriminate. They don't have their Pesha also, uh, Pesha hit there and we do not believe them. Wow. However, Amrle Rava, wait a minute. What are you talking about? They're not allowed, that's a self-incriminate. They're allowed to, uh, you're, I don't understand. These Aiden were at gunpoint. They're supposed to not sign the star. I can understand if they came under duress to consult. In other words, if let's say they had the opportunity, let's say somebody held right. I let's say I wanted Barry. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I wanted Barry and David to sign on my star that Andrew owes me money. And Barry and David said, Andrew doesn't owe you money. What are you talking about? I said, okay, well, here's the deal, guys. Uh, you have 24 hours to change your mind or else I'm coming after you. So says Rava, if they had come to me, right, to the rabbi, they go to Rabbi Rose and they say, what should we do? Lavi says he's going he's gonna to knock us off if we don't sign a, a, a star that says Andrew owes him money. So if they would have asked us, we say, listen, Barry and David, you don't want to mess with Lavi. He's going to... When he says he's going to knock you off, he means business. You better sign. In other words, this is not Yaharik Val Yavor. If somebody would have, if I, if somebody would have been coerced to sign, us as rabbis would encourage them to sign, even right, even though it wouldn't be true, because after all, it's, we don't want them to get killed. The Amar Mar, because we had already learned. The big three. As we'll learn, right, all through Sanhedrin, and there's no, and we've already learned this. I think it was in Masecha Shabbos that pikuach nefesh is is paramount. It's going to be the most important thing, and the only big three that you have to be yahareg valyavor left to be allow yourself to be killed instead of uh, right uh, violating is avodas kachavim gilu arayas and shvichos damim right idolatry and illicit relationships and murder. Anything else, like falsely signing on a star, you're better off saving your life. So Hashta de Chasmu. So we would have advised Barry and David to sign the star because Lavi was intimidating them. We don't want to mess. And so Hashta de So that's what we would have given them as advice. So Hashta de Chasmu. So now that they already signed, Armin and Lahu, Chasim too. Now we're going to question them. Now we're going to say that they should not have signed. Who can blame them for that? In other words. It's not really self-incrimination, Andrew, to say that I signed it at gunpoint because you're allowed to sign at gunpoint because signing a star falsely is not one of the things that you're supposed to allow yourself to be killed for. So once it's not self-incrimination, what's her mayor say? If it's not self-incrimination, and therefore, why in that case would we not believe them when they said we signed it, but it was under duress? So we have to go in a different direction. The reason for a mayor is not like what Reb Chista said, that, that it's Yaharik Val Yavor, 
at the time of the Rimeir, Kedar of Hunam Rav. He holds like Hunam Rav, the Amar Hunam Rav, Moide Bishtar Shekosvo ain't Tzarech Lakaimo. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. That when Adam come and they say that we were not valid, we simply throw them out of here. We throw them out of court. Why? Because a star, by definition, is like a notarized document that does not require further verification and certification by the witnesses that signed on it. And therefore, there is no Pesha Asar here, so to speak, as Rashi says. There's no Pesha Asar because we don't care about you guys. Barry and David show up. Who knows what their agenda is? But they're saying, yeah, we were valid. Yeah, you know what? It's not relevant. We have our notarized star. I have a notarized star that says Andrew owes me money. And then the witnesses are, we don't need your services anymore, guys. You're already sealed, signed, sealed, and delivered on my star. And therefore, uh, there's nothing that you could do, right? It's not like the case of where Barry's uh, long-lost uh, relative comes and says, Barry, you own the field. Because there we would have no idea without him, and he's the, and he's the one. He, uh, that, that is the source of our information. And therefore, if he tells us that he bought it, whatever he says, we believe him. But this, this is a star. Adam testifying on a star are never believed, according to Rav Huna. Rav Huna said in the name of Rav that once they are signed, sealed, delivered in the star, there is nothing that they could say to avoid it. And it is for that reason that we don't believe them. And so even if they, them, they themselves, right, said one of three circumstances that made them uh, right, ineligible to sign on the star, the very presence of the star assumes kosher adim, and we do not believe them for that reason. So now the Gemara wants to dig in deeper into that concept. Gufa. When you have a star, it is like self-verifying. Why are you stealing this, this material? Which is to say, this is somebody else's shita. Why are you saying this in your own words? Because after all, this is, uh, Rav Nachman holds is Rav Meir Shita. That's why Rav Meir disagrees with our Mishnah, right? Because again, our Mishnah says that we do believe the Adam to say that they were not valid. But Rav Meir says that we don't. So if you hold like Rav Meir, so say that you hold like Rav Meir. Why are you making this like your own opinion? By the way, Rav um, Nachman does not hold of Rav Meir. So, and Ravuna wants to know, are you saying this because like, you don't like the way I said it? Are you saying it because you disagree with me? Umar how do you hold Rav Nachman? So it turns out he's cholek. Says Rav Nachman, Yeah, if somebody brings me a star and it looks like uncertified, so when they come for a bezdin, we say to them, go and notarize, so to speak. Go get your documents verified. And then come down for judgment. In other words, as Rashi says here, Right? When somebody comes with their star, we say, no, no, no. Go get, go get it notarized. It's like when we made Al, uh, Aliyah in 2003, Andrew. Uh, they, they want, they, we give them all the documentation and there's a lot of red tape and they ask you for tons of documentation. And then they, and then after we give them marriage certificate and they say, Apostille? I didn't know what an apostille was. You know what an apostille is? Apostille is the thing that they love to say at the end that they don't tell you you need to have so that they can like send you back to the back in line for another few days. <laughs> it's a verification document to verify the docu- verify documents that you have. Okay? <laughs> don't ask. But Nefesh Benefesh did away with all that red tape. 
But, but beforehand, you should have seen the satisfaction on this lady's face, Barry, when she, when she said. Because she knew that not only did we not have an apostille, but we didn't know what it was. So she knew like, the, what we have to go through now. And so that gave her tremendous satisfaction. You understand. Okay, 19 lines up from the bottom. Amar Behud Rav. Related halacha like this. Omer Shtar Amana Huzeh. Shtar Amana, Andrew, is an IOU. So what's he saying? He's saying this is an IOU, but it's, Amana comes from Emuna, right? I like, So that means like I say to David, I owe you the money, but I still have not even borrowed it. That's what he's claiming. In other words, right? David produces a star that I owe him money. But I say to the item, yeah, 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 yeah. I wrote him the IOU to get him off my back because I knew he would never lend me the money without the IOU. But in the end, I never even borrowed it. So I don't owe him money. That's what I'm saying. Right? So Omer Shtar Amana Huzeh. So if I made that, if I made that shady claim, right? That's the suspect claim. That, oh, yeah. David has a star that says I owe him money, but really we wrote the star before I ever borrowed it and I never did. Ain't no ma naman. Rav is going to say that you we don't believe him for that. Okay. The Ka'amar man. Now, in Rabbi Huda's case, who said it? So I said it as if the person who owes the money is, is forwarding that claim. So says the Gemara, yeah. If I am the one, right, who claims that I never lent them the money, it's obvious that I'm not believed. Right? It's not in my power to take on such... Is it, does he have so much power? Meaning, <laughs> my claim is so strong that it could take a document that David has that says I own money and just say, yeah, it's, it's not valid? Of course not. I don't have that authority. That would be ridiculous. That would undermine the entire point of the document. Okay. What about if David produces the IOU? So then, Tavo bracha. Right? David has a document that says, I owe him money. And he's going to the rabbi and saying, no, 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 he doesn't really owe me money. <laughs> right? It's actually, it was an IOU became, become a land. It's a beautiful thing. He's a tzaddik. He could have extracted the money from me by strength of the document. And instead he chose to be honest. That's a beautiful thing. And Tavo love bracha anyway, David. You should have all the bracha and mazal nachas and tzlacha in life. Anyway. The kamer edim, edich sav yadim, yotzim makam acher, pshitid lamaheni. No. The case would be like this. Barry and Andrew are up to their old shenanigans and they come up and they say, yeah, this thing that says that, that Lavi owes Dovin money was just an IOU, but he never took out the loan. Okay. Well, if Barry and Andrew come out, if it's their Ksav Yad, right, that's verified from another source and we know that they're the witnesses, it's obvious that they're not believed because guys, then you don't have a Pesha also a Pesha Hitir. And therefore, nothing that you say is really going to hold any water. We don't really care what you say. We already have the document. Okay. Right? In other words, if we can't verify that this is really the real Barry and Andrew, so then there should be a Pesha Asa Pesha Hitir here, where Barry and Andrew are in the same breath verifying that they were the Adim that signed on this document. And in that same breath, they're saying, and by the way, uh, Lavi doesn't owe um, David the money because it was really merely an IOU. So now several Amoraim answered this. The Gemara has a mnemonic that doesn't fit their name. Simon Bash, okay, whatever that means. Um, and now Rava and Abaye, I guess 
Rava is a vase, and then Abaye and Rav Ashi is, is a shin. Okay, I get it. Okay, be that as it may, those are, I don't know why you need a mnemonic here. It's always Abaye, Rava, and Rav Ashi. <laughs> and Dafka here, we have a mnemonic, so some take this out. Anyway, be that as it may, here's answer number one. I'm a Rava. No, here's what the case is. Let me explain to you what's going on, right? Because again, the question in the Gemara was, if Barry and Andrew were already verified, then we don't believe them anyway. And if they weren't verified, then why wouldn't we believe them? So what's this Chiddush over here? Uh, who is believed, who's not believed? So I'm a Rava. No, this is what, this is what the case is. The case is the Kamar Love. I'm the borrower in, in this case, right? Again, I borrowed money from David. So if I said, if I'm the one that said that it was just an IOU, so then of course, and, and I never really borrowed the money, so we'd said normally I shouldn't have to be believed. But Rava says it's a unique case. It's a case like Ravuna. In other words, if a person concedes that he's the one that wrote the document, then David, who's holding it, doesn't have to have it certified. In other words, here too, right, that, David, that technically David should be able to collect, right, and he doesn't need any more authentication. In other words, David shouldn't have done that because what happened here is that I, that, that, in other words, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have, right, written the IOU. That's the point. Because David can now collect no matter what. Again, we hold like Ravun Amarav that a star, as we just said before with Ravun Amarav, that a star is self-verifying. Okay? So all we're learning here is the halacha of Ravun Amarav, which is to say like this. David has an IOU for me. I come out and I say that I don't owe him money. Well, of course, what we're learning is that I am not believed because David has the IOU the star is, verif- is speaks for itself, and therefore I can make any bubba mice I want, I, and it could even be true. But David will be able, even if even if he never lent me the money, that star is so powerful that he could collect again, or he could collect for the first time without ever having lent me the money, and therefore I should have never agreed to do that, right, if, uh, before seeing the money, because after all, the star speaks for itself. We believe David, and that's what this. Uh, that's what Rav is trying to teach you here. Okay. So Abaye Amar, however, Abaye is saying like this. Now, Olam de Amar Malve. Really, it's David who's making the claim. Okay, so therefore, if he's making the claim, Tavalav Bracha, why would we not believe him? Ukugon Shechav Lacherim. Oh, because it's a unique case where David, it's not usually the case, but it can happen that David would take something that says that I owe him money and claim that I never gave him the money. It's just an IOU. What would be that unique case? That case would be where some creditors are going after David and they're saying, ooh, what's this document? It looks like we have some money here. And David's trying to explain that it's a worthless document because it's just an IOU. I never lent him the money. I can't collect on this. Nothing to see here. Don't take this document. No, 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 no. So that's why we, that's a scenario where we won't believe David. Right? In other words, really, Abai is explaining it's David's IOU, meaning a document that says that I owe him money. However, David has other creditors that he owes. And this would be like the ruling of Rabbi Nassan, the Tanya, Rabbi Nassan, Oimer, Now we're going to learn the basic concept of Rabbi Nassan that if, right, that if I owe Barry, if I owe David money, and David owes Barry money, that Barry could collect directly from me, right? Bechavero, bechavero. Right? Barry could collect from me, um, right? So 
A owes money to B, B owes money to C, C can collect from A. How do we learn that? Talmud Lomar, right? From where do we learn that I could give it directly to Barry? Talmud Lomar, but Nasan Lasher Asham Lo. This has a secondary meaning over here. Really, that, that uh, Pasuk literally is supposed to mean that if a person steals money, he has to return it to the person that, that what? He has to return it to the person that he stole it from. But it's the Asher Asham Lo is a unique formulation of words and it has a secondary meaning teaching you that you pay it also to the creditor. If, uh, if, it, if the money ends up finding its way to another creditor, you have to pay the creditor directly. Okay. So that is, ends up being answer number two. In other words, the first reason we don't believe the Lova, according to Rava, right? Because the star is strong. The second is we don't believe the lender, which is David, because he's got a creditor down his back, and therefore he's trying to pretend like it's valueless. Now the third answer, Ravashi Amar, Right? So, of course, like all of these cases, some, some, who don't we believe? Well, we have only three options. The borrower, the lender, and the Edim. So all three options are represented in the Shittas of Rav Avaya and Ravashi. Ravashi says it's the Edim. What's the Edim? The case over there would be like this, that you have here Edim, and their handwriting can't be verified from any other source. And and so we say, why then are they not believed? Because after all, you would think, in other words, they're, fair, they're verifying that they are indeed the Edim, but they're saying that for whatever reason, they were disqualified. So it's like the Rav Kahana, the Amar of Kahana, because of a different reason, that what's happening is like this. Why aren't they not believed? In other words, you could say, oh, maybe they're not believed because they don't have Pesha Asar because we already have them verified. No, but that's not the reason. The reason is we don't like this IOU at all. David should ne- nobody should ever write IOUs before they borrow the money. That's the point. Everything, sh- you know, the- we shouldn't have Shtaros that don't reflect what actually already happened. Because there's a pasuk in Eov. The pasuk in Eov says, "Mishim shenemar al tashkein v'halecha avla." Don't leave something that's unjust in your house, right? Which is to say, you can't keep right something, a document of trust, in your house because, as a beautiful quote from the Nesiva Samishpat in the Art Scroll, because even with the best of intentions, right, somebody can. Let's say he's no longer around and you left this IOU in the house and you don't have anybody around to explain the story. That would leave the possibility of heirs coming after the guy with the IOU unjustifiably. So in other words, when a person has his financial affairs, everything should be accurate and reflect what actually happened because you never know what will happen. And then somebody takes a snapshot Right when when that person is gone, and they have all kinds of misconceptions based off of these documents that don't reflect the reality of what happened. So it's a statement against the IOU and the different kinds of documents that would not reflect the reality on the ground. So it is for that reason that the Adam are not believed because we don't because when they say that it's a star amana, so again this has nothing to do with Barry and has nothing to do with David has nothing to do with and his creditors. Has nothing to do with me and my motivation. It's a general blanket rule of not allowing IOUs. IOUs are a bad idea. Never have an IOU in your house because, again, an IOU where there was no lending, right? So don't preempt the borrowing with a contract that says I owe money 
because it just creates a possibility of injustice and confusion, even in the most well-meaning scenario. And this is something Andrew covered in his Coach Your Money podcast, that this is always should be verified information. Okay. So if that's the case, as we turn to your testament base, at the potentially manageable time, 6.08 a.m., you know, so based off of this, Roshashis wants to say, this concept that we don't like IOUs ever, so that if that's the case, so that if Adam ever said that our words, right, our Dvarenu, our testimony was written on an IOU, we actually should not believe them. Why? My time came into Avlahu, Avalochasmi. As Rashi says, it's another application of Barry's concept of Ein Adam Mesim Atmo Russia. In other words, what Rosh is saying is that if this concept of an IOU is this blanket statement that an IOU is always a bad idea and you should never do it, so then Adam should never be believed to say that they signed such a document because you're not supposed to allow such a document to exist. And that is a self-incrimination which we do not accept. Okay. So Amar Yishur ben Levi, Asr lo Adam Beso. Then we have a little bit of machlokas here. What's the worst kind of thing to have? If Kahana thinks that the worst kind of star to have around is an IOU that does not reflect the, uh, an IOU that preempts a loan, where there was no loan but you have the star. Are you sure that thinks there's another case that you don't like? In other words, David has not an IOU, but David has a document that says that I own money and then I paid him back. Oh, but David held on to the document that said, that I owe him money. That's called a shtar parua, an already paid off shtar. David should definitely not keep that around his house. This is the same pasuk in Yov. So the pasuk says you shouldn't have injustices in your tent. So now an expanded um, uh, explanation of that pasuk in Yov, we say like this, but Marav Mishmed the Rav Amri, in Eretz Yisrael, they said in the name of Rav, the following right explanation of the pasuk in Yov. Im oven if the, pus, the Pasuk says, when there's avin biyadcha, perversion, in your hands, put it far away. Don't have it. Zeshtar amano shtar pasim. That Pasuk is referring to what we said, the IOU, and shtar pasim is a document that was written co- by coercion or persuasion. That is talking about, right, the shtar where the document had already been paid up and David's holding on to it. So it is the Pasuk that's referring to all kinds of Dubious starus that can only lead to misunderstandings. Now we have a question here, right? In Eretz Yisrael, they understood both kind of starus. So why did Rav Kahana pick one and Rishuvim Levi pick the other? So the Gemara is pointing out that if you say that a paid-up document is not good to have around, then all the more so, you would certainly not allow a document that's written like an IOU. Because that is a fiction. That didn't even happen yet. At least the document that was paid up, you have a reason to hold on to it also because after all, it reflects something that already happened. It's kind of like a form of a, of a receipt, albeit you could use it for bad, but the flip side would not be true. Manda Amar Shtar Amana, if what you're saying, right, if you're of Kahana who holds that this Pasuk is only referring to an IOU, Aval Shtar Perualov, maybe a paid up document would not be considered an avla. Why? So now the, finally he's going to explain. Sometimes, basically, there are cases where they, where David would hold on to it in order to pay as a collateral to pay the note, the, 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 the legal 
right? Uh, the paralegal, right? The whatever the, the attorney who wrote the note. So what's going on here? Like this. It's like that's how you could collect the legal fees, which is to say, right? So when when I make the, I mean, you have to understand when David and I make business deals, it's never less than seven figures, right? So we're going to get an attorney to draw up the documents. That attorney gets an attorney's fee. The attorney's fee, uh, somebody has to pay it. So in this case, let's say uh, it's going to be a, a, a signature and a bunch of documents, a whole bunch of paperwork that says that I owe David $30 billion. So David is going to be allowed to hold on to it because after the $30 billion deal, he wants to be able to to hold on to it in order to verify as a collateral, right, the person who wrote, the lawyer, who wrote up all the documents wants the documents to still be extant, right, and doesn't want them to be torn up because he still wants to get paid for his services. And those that, that payment doesn't come due until the deal is all signed, sealed, and delivered and, and done. So there's a reason for David to hold out the documents. It has to do with the attorney wanting to get paid for the paperwork, okay? As opposed to an IOU, which is a fiction. The deal wasn't done yet, so that he should never even keep around in his house. Fine. So in other words, again, there's a justification for him holding on to it. There is also a, there's also a downside to him holding on to it, obviously, because he could attempt to collect from it. But it's enough of a justification to say he's allowed to keep it. That's the point. Where if Rav Kahana specifically thinks that the Pasuk only is referring to an IOU, he might think that the Pasuk is excluding this already paid up loan document. Fine. Now, another thing you learn from the Pasuk, itmar sefer she'eno muga. Totally different thing. Or muga, muga. It's, uh, you shouldn't have any, right, uh, sfarim, like a sefer Torah with errors kept around, right? So we lane as we are going to Bezrat Hashem today soon enough. And then somebody sees that one of the letters isn't good. So Chaim Schefter wraps it up, right? We put the Gartalon upside down and all this. And, and we know that this sefer has to be fixed. Well, guess what? Should not keep it in shul for more than 30 days. Based off this pasuk, right? We have to fix it pretty quickly. Amar Rabbi Ami, You can keep it up to 30 days, but not longer than that. Notice the lashon in that pasuk that we, that we mentioned. Should not keep avla, injustice, in your place. Tashkein is like what? Like a shachain. Like letting it live, so resident, let it reside. Well, guess what? Residence, as we've said in other contexts, is 30 days, and therefore it should not reside, right, for 30 days. We talked about this with Hilchas Mezuzah and other things, okay? Uh, and, we'll, and we'll talk, we talked about it before, and we shall discuss it again, but be that as it may, Al Tashkein, 30 days. You shouldn't leave the Sefer Torah there, you should fix it within the 30 days. Fine. Amar of Nachman. So now, more cases where Adam are going to try to undermine their own testimony. As we said, Adam that said that we signed an IOU, which they're not supposed to do. That's supposed to be self-incrimination and therefore we don't believe them. What if they say a different thing? Not that we signed an IOU, but later they said a moda'a. What's a moda'a? Rashi explains. Moda is that um, again, me and David get embroiled in a business deal. We sign on a bill of sale, but it's known that David later said, right, that he, he put out a publication, uh, he publicized to the whole world a non-intent, that he never meant to do the deal, and he had no covenant to do the deal, and the deal is not done, and therefore ain't a name on him. In other words, 
if, if as Adam, Barry and Andrew say either that they sign an IOU, which you're not supposed to do, or that it's true that this document makes it sound like I owe David money, but it isn't what it looks like. David already announced to the world that this was not the case. They're not believed to say those things. So, Okay, IOU, we're not going to believe because nobody's supposed to have an IOU there. However, Barry and Andrew say that you know that there was an, uh, a publicized sort of um, right expression of non-intent by David. We should believe them. My time, uh, why do we believe them? In other words, the bill of sale where there was, again, the case would have to be where, where for whatever reason this happened and uh, I'm not, I don't have as much experience in these to know how and why this would happen. But for whatever reason, David made a full public expression of non-intent to make this deal and then followed up by writing it that he was allowed to write. Whereas an IOU is, is not allowed to write. In other words, like this. When, the best way I can explain it is when David um, explains that he has non-intent, so he's still allowed to write a valid star. In other words, the star itself is not inherently bad. So all this means is goes back to Barry's point of Russia. If Adam say that we were involved in an IOU, an IOU is never allowed, and therefore they are self-incriminating, and therefore they're not believed. If Adam say that we happen to have been the witnesses on a star that had weird circumstances where one of the parties uh, exclaimed that they were, didn't intend to be a part of it, well, it's true that it's a weird situation, right? But we believe them because they're not really self-incriminating. They didn't know what they were getting into, perhaps, right? And whatever it is, they are allowed to have gotten themselves into that situation. That's the point. So it's a difference of are these Adam self-incriminating or not? In an IUU, they are. In a star amana, they're self-incriminating, and therefore they're not allowed. In moda, they're allowed to, and therefore they are believed. So, wait a minute. What is the halacha if they say we wrote on a star, but the star had a tznai? So, what would be the halacha? So, moda v'amana Do we say so? Again, this is this is. Uh, let's go with. Um, not with Marbar of Ashi, right? But let's go with Rav Nachman. Let's assume like Rav Nachman that both cases of an IOU and the case of where there was an expression of non-intent, right? Of both the Shtar Moda and a Amana are not believed. Okay, so in those cases, Moda of Amna, according to Rav Nachman, those are not believed. Hainu time of the Ka'akre Shtara. Because, right? Because that in itself, right, is un... Is, undermining the star, right? They're now revoking the star. But here, nobody's undermining the star. I'm not saying that this star, again, both in an IOU and in a non-intent, we're saying whatever's written in the star is not what happened. So let's take the IOU, for example, the star Amana. Star Amana is you're saying, yeah, the IOU was written, but the, but the, the um, loan never went through. So you're undermining the star. You're saying what it says, it's not what it looks like. So you're undermining the whole thing. But by saying that the star... Uh, is in fact exactly what it looks like, but what you don't realize is there, there was a tznai attached to it. You're not undermining really the star, and therefore, one might say that there they are believed, right? So in other words, there's two ways of looking at it. Either you say that it's not like a star amana, and it's not undermining the star, 
Or you could say that it is. So let's read it inside. That it is undermining the star, albeit you're not undermining the star like fundamentally from its roots, but you're saying at the end of the day that the Tznai undermines the star. So it's like effectively the same thing. So let's read it inside. What are we going to say? The reason why we don't believe Modon Amana is because it undermines and says that well, that's what written in the star is invalid. And here too, we undermine it, albeit by saying that the star is okay, but it's undermined by an external thing, but it's still at the end of the day undermines it and therefore it should not be believed. Or, maybe it's not as different because it does not really undermine the star. It merely says that there's an attached condition that does effectively undermine it, but the star itself remains um, valid. So Amalei of Nachman answered, he also will come in Ladina. Well, when they came to us for judgment on such a star, we said, go fulfill your, right, your Tanaim, and then come down for Bezin again. Which is another way of saying witnesses are believed to say that there was a Tanai, and therefore it is valid. It's not like a star amana, it does not undermine the star. We have to go and actually fulfill those conditions. Okay, uh, for the ruling, Eid Omer Tznai Eid Omer So, what if there is a machlokus between Barry and Andrew, as there often is? In this case, the machlokus is whether that's, there was ever a Tznai or not. So, fascinating idea. Omer Papa Tarvayu Bishtar Don't forget, both Andrew and Barry agree that they are the witnesses on the star, and they both agree that the star itself is valid. They're only Point of contention is whether there was a tznai attached to it. So we view it like this. We split it like the atom. We say their testimony, that Barry and Andrew's testimony as, the very, as to the validity of the star is viewed as shtei edim. The high, the kamar, tznai havalechad. But Andrew, who's showing up and saying, and by the way, there's a stipulation. Barry disagrees with this. He's just a single aid. And when you have one aid versus two aid, who do you believe? Two aid him. Now, of course, Andrew's in the funny position of being one of the two Adam that's testifying against himself. But be that as it may, we view it as a theoretical two against one, where Barry and Andrew are both testifying that the star is valid, and then Andrew's kind of testifying himself against himself uh, as a single aid that there was a tonight. We just we tell Andrew to get at, get that out of here. Fourteen lines up from the bottom of your testament base. Maskif If that's the case, says Ravuna Bereshua, Tarvayu Nami, that it should even be uh, as that if Barry and Andrew both say that the star had its nigh, that we shouldn't believe him. Why? Because after all, <laughs> they already verified the star. So as we will see, and this is what would be the topic of tomorrow, there's something called Eide HaKhasha and Eide HaZama, Matt. This is key. We already know that there's a case of Eide HaZama that's a chiddush in the Torah. Edim Zomimim. That if, that if Andrew and Barry come to testify something, right, and then Matt and David come and they say, Imanu Haisem, that's Adam Zomim, they uproot, Barry and Andrew get thrown out of court. But if Barry and Andrew come and testify that a star is valid, and then just Matt and David come and they testify against them on just on the facts on the ground, that's Ede Hakhasha, that's Trey Utrey. That's right, Ede Azama is a Kiddush that the initial Adam get uprooted. But here, it's just two Nudniks coming to saying something that we are against something that we already accepted. We're not going to accept them. We're going to throw them out. So therefore, when Barry and Andrew verify the initial star, when they come back and say that it's a Tznai, even if it's two of them, we should throw them out. Even if it's Trey Trey. Let's read that inside. We say that these case, so you'd have to say that they're coming to retract the original Adas. Hainami, Lemeeker Sadu Sadu Sei Kasi. 
So maybe this witness is too. They're coming to to try to undo the edus, but we but but maybe they should should they be accepted or not? So we say In that case, we hold like Ravuna, who says that the one who says that there was a tnai is in fact believed. Why? Because of the fact that um, the that only the, the witnesses made an, that when the witnesses made an unqualified uh, right verification of the star. Then we have to, as we said before, believe that it's nice. Now we're ten lines up from the bottom of Yatesa Mibes, and tomorrow we'll discuss a new case, Tanarbanan, Shtaim Chasumim Alashtaru Mesu, and there we're going to use different people, um, because we don't want to incriminate anybody. May we all be Zorche to, to have, uh, honest business dealings and to live long, healthy lives and to continue to Shtaik together.